You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is designed by rural leaders and for rural leaders. We hope week in and week out to bring you content that speaks exactly to where you're at. If you're doing God's work in a small place or an out-of-the-way area, we want you to know that not only are people going to be speaking on this podcast into your context, but they also are people who get it because they live in your context. And so we aspire every week to bring voices who carry that rural heart with them and uh, as they do ministry, and we hope to kind of transfer their life lessons to you. And so we're excited to learn together. I am your host, Joe Epley. We've been in a series the last couple of weeks, uh, hearing from bivocational ministers, right? Ministers who uh, may be a lead pastor, a youth pastor, but they, you know, whatever it looks like, kind of do a job on the side or or have to do another job just to support themselves. And uh, not only do I feel like this applies to a ton of pastors in small towns, but it really has so many unique challenges and lessons and blessings that come through that kind of ministry and that kind of life. And so on those lines, I am excited today to talk to Tyler McGuire. He is a bivocational pastor in Haleyville, Oklahoma, and I'm going to let him tell uh, most of his story here. But first, I just want to say, hi, Tyler. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm great. I'm glad to be on here. Thanks so much. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear that, man. We are glad to have you on here. The first question we always ask everybody is uh, because we want people to know, you know, who are these people who are on here, right? And so I want you to maybe spend a few minutes here and describe your connection with the rural church and your role as a bivocational pastor. So maybe tell us a bit of your story, uh, you know, how long you've been doing ministry where you're at now, what it is you do bivocationally, and just kind of give us that that connection to the heart of rural ministry. Okay. Well, uh, again, my name's Tyler McGuire. Uh, I live in Haleyville, Oklahoma. Uh, we're a little dot in Southeast Oklahoma. Population, I think somewhere between six to 700 people. Uh, super, super small town, but God's moving. We, I, I pastored the, uh, the Assembly God Church here. Uh, we're one of, man, I don't know how many churches we got. We got churches everywhere. It seems like on every corner. Seems like too uh, many for 700 people, right? Like somehow. Yeah, way, way somehow. too many. <laughs> way too many. But but our church, I love that uh, we, I mean, we have the most people going to our church. It wasn't like that when we started. We've been here a little over five years or no, almost five years. Awesome. Uh, and it, it was, it was rough at first. Uh, you know, we started about 12 to 15 people, uh, but now we're seeing the church grow. And it's because I'm doing things like bivocational and everything that, and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but I love I love being here. W- one thing about being a rural pastor uh, is you fall in love with community. Uh, you know, the first couple of years is kind of rough, uh, but you end up falling in love with the community. You fall in love with the, the, the church. It's like you're a family that can be good and bad in, in some cases, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. you know, because everybody knows when something happens. You know, it, it's uh, word gets around very easy in a small church. Uh, but I love being here. I do. I absolutely love being here. Yeah. And uh, can you describe for me? So you said you are bivocational. One, are you bivocational by choice or is this something you had to do to financially support yourself in your role? Well, it it helps out definitely in both cases. Uh, I didn't have to go bivocational. Uh, I started subbing in the school uh, mainly because I wanted to set my foot in the door. Uh, and, th- and that's what I do is I'm, I work in the school uh, here in Haleyville. But I wanted to get my foot in the door because, you know, we for one, we needed a youth group. Uh, when we walked in this church, I mean, I walked in, I think about 27 years old, walk in and it's just older people. 
And, yeah. uh, you know, my kids, I've got two little girls and my kids were almost made up the youth group. Uh, <laughs> and so I knew, I knew we had to do something. And the school is literally a block away from our church. I can, I can look out the door and I can see our, I can see our, uh, the school. So you can throw a rock and hit it. And I knew from there, I thought, you know, that that's an opportunity that I believe we need to get into because a lot of churches around here didn't, didn't get involved in the school. You know, some of them kind of had a youth group here and there, but I think there was only one other church that really had a youth group going, but the school is where it at, where, where it was at and God opened that door. And I stepped in and, and I'm loving every minute of it. And our, our church is, is getting blessed from it. Awesome. And so you work full time in the school system. What's your role? I do. I, I'm not a certified teacher. Uh, I actually, uh, like I said, I started out subbing for about a year or two. And then this uh, this uh, opportunity opened up. Uh, they wanted me to go to full time. So I take care of all the online classes. And I do the uh, it's funny. I do the Choctaw and the Spanish classes as well. I don't speak them languages, don't know them, but there's a teacher that comes on the TV. I just I just have to be in there to monitor the students. And uh, I do all of the teacher's work besides actually teach. I give oh, the wow. tests, I grade the papers. They actually have the easy part. They just get to get on, teach the class, and then say, okay, bye. And they know I've got it from there. <laughs> nice. uh, so uh, I, I love it. But also b- being in the school, they, they don't mind uh, me because they know I'm a full-time pastor. Uh, they don't mind, you know, me bringing my stuff, working on my sermons and everything at the school because they know they know who I am. They know how involved I am in the school. So that that's definitely a blessing in awesome. itself. Man, what a cool and unique opportunity. One of the things I love about uh, interviewing any pastors or bivocational is uh, there's no two stories the same. Yeah. Uh, I think two weeks ago on the podcast, we had someone who's a bivocational youth pastor and worked in a hardware store. Just this this last week, you know, we had someone who was uh, kind of a part-time football and basketball coach, but uh, but kind of went by vocation their own way. And it's just super fun to hear all these journeys of how God takes, yeah, sometimes unsuspecting gifts or contexts and, and really uses them for his kingdom. And that's, yeah. man, it's super cool to hear your story. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, I want to dive into this. So obviously, um, you know, being bivocational has its challenges, its blessings, and for better or for worse, good days and bad days, it shapes who you are as a pastor. It, it, it kind of dictates what you do, what you can't do, you know, how your whole life looks. And so I kind of want to start there. You know, I'm sure that there's pastors tuning in who say, man, I, I've had some challenges, you know, in terms yeah. of my role as a bivocational pastor. And so so maybe describe that for me from your viewpoint. What are a couple of challenges that you feel like you faced uniquely because you're bivocational? Well, definitely challenges is you know, going, being a full-time pastor, uh, having uh, kids, a six-year-old and a seven-year-old, I'm a full-time parent and also going full-time in the school. Uh, it takes a lot. And uh, trying to juggle that, uh, you know, trying to be the best dad I can be uh, to my kids and making sure that I'm there with them to do everything they do. They're in gymnastics, cheerleading. I mean, I'm, we're, we're doing something all the time. I was going to say, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and then, and then especially being in the school, they've got me, they've got me doing so much just in the school because, because I tell you, I can never say no. And, you know, they, they ask me something and that that's something being a pastor. It's so hard to say no to anything. Uh, I mean, there's times where I'll be in school and, you know, I'll have, pe- I'll have people call me from the church. Uh, hey, pastor, I need you to come over for a second. I'll have to call the office say, hey, I need to run for like five or 10 minutes, run to somebody's wow. house, fix their TV, something. I mean, it's, it's you know, yeah, just something. Yeah, classic pastoral the, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> the, the craziest things. But but that's probably my biggest challenge is, is just trying to juggle everything that I do at, at, at one time. Uh, it can be hard, but I look at the I look at the outcome uh, more than more than everything. You know, I know I'm busy, 
but to see what God's doing, to see to see uh, how God's moving, how our church is growing and everything from it, it makes it, it makes it it's worth it all. You know, so I, again, there, there's so many challenges. Uh, and then my wife's also full time. She's she works at the hospital. She's full time. Uh, so, you know, as soon as I get done with school, I come home. I've got the kids by myself for a few hours until my wife gets home. <laughs> So, and, and most and then of the time, I'm sure you have so many free evenings, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> most of the time, anytime I do anything with the church, it has to be in between that or as soon as I get home from school and then trying to juggle my kids, you know, trying to keep yeah. them quiet. If I, you know, got to have a meeting with someone or something, but, but there are so many challenges, but, but again, we, we can't look at that. We've got to look at what, what God's doing and just know that it's going to be worth it all at the end. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. what a cool perspective to keep in mind, because obviously, uh, the challenges are great. And and if yeah. we focus only on that, it would be a lot easier just to say, man, I'm going to throw in the towel on this venture. Oh, yeah. and, but man, the fact that, and, and that kind of touches on, on this next question, but, uh, but yeah, there are challenges, but in the middle of that, you know, there's some blessings, but, but before we get to that, before we get to that, I do want to maybe pick your brain a little bit because everybody has these strategies, these resources, basically the way they make bivocational work. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe could you highlight uh, for some you know leaders who might be listening, how do you intentionally make it work? And you could take this question however you want. You know, uh, how do you make your relationship with Jesus work? I mean, with so many things going on, how do you how do you make church work? You know, how do you how do you do these things? Uh, what what kind of practical tips can you give somebody? Because again, it's really easy to hear the story and then miss the well. How do I make that in my life? You know, someone else being bivocational trying to make that work. So maybe share some of those uh, thoughts. Yeah. Biggest resource is, is definitely prayer. Uh, you know, that when, when we, when, you know, we finally get some time uh, getting alone with God, praying, uh, there, there's so many times or a lot of times, a lot of times when I get to actually finally praise when everybody goes to bed and I can go in my office and it's just me by myself, uh, or early of the morning, I get up before everybody, uh, definitely doing some prayers, uh, before we go. But probably the biggest resource I have is people in the church that just, that help me. You know, I've, mm. I've got so many uh, people in the church that actually work at the school with me. They know oh, how wow. busy I. They know how busy I am. Uh, like the high school secretary, uh, she's one of the biggest helps we have in our church, uh, and she didn't start coming until I got in the school. So that oh, was wow. another. That was another biggie. Uh, just being there and 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 kind of how our church has grown there, but definitely the help that we have uh, uh, because again they know how busy I am, they know how busy my wife is, but but there's so many times that we have people in our church that's that's willing to step up and help us in certain areas, you know, and and it, and it, many times I like for people to step up and help us a lot more than they do, uh, oh, sure. but just just seeing the help that we do have and thanking God that He sent the right people and put the right people in place uh, helps out so much. Uh, because like I said, I'm, I'm the only pastor at our church. Uh, you know, my wife was doing youth, pa- uh, she was actually doing the youth pastor and the youth minister and everything, but we had a lady in the church that decided to step up. She felt like God was calling her in that area. So, uh, you know, we've been kind of helping her and, and going along and kind of training her as well. But, but that's probably the biggest thing is just, just the, the people in the church that it, so many times as a pastor, we don't, we don't, and I, it's hard for me to do it. I, I don't like asking for help. I think that if a problem comes up, you know, I need to take care of it. Oh, but, sure. but definitely realizing being being bivocational, it's it's okay to ask for help because mm. uh, people are willing to do it. Because, and and that's something I've learned from from just different people in my church is is that uh, you know they want to do something, but they're waiting on they're waiting on somebody to ask them. Uh, ah. 
And, and I, that's, that's one of the biggest issues I have is I just, I don't ask for help. And, and that's something we got to learn, you know, is, is just, just telling them, Hey, I've got an area I'm needing some assistance in. And, you know, there, there, there are people there in your congregation that will help. And that's some of the biggest resources I've got is just people. Yeah. And, and I love, you know, just kind of continuing to develop those principles. I really love that, uh, you know, what you mentioned was you said, not only, not only do you have to overcome mentally this hurdle of asking yeah. for help, but when you do ask for help, you know, I'm sure there's pastors who might, so I'm by vocation, I'm carrying this load and I put out this general call for help, but I'm just not getting anything. Well, it's like, well, well, you know, can you tackle an area? Can you give someone something specific to take a bite yeah. out of? And, and those skills sometimes are the difference, right? I mean, how many yeah. of us have tried to get volunteers for kids ministry and you say something from the pulpit and no one raises a hand, but you catch someone yeah. in the lobby and say, Hey, here's my passion. Here's my vision. You know, can, can, can you step into this? And sometimes you'll get a better result. And so, yeah, man, that's cool. And what a way to lead the church. Cause ultimately another, you know, kind of hidden blessing of this is like your church feels empowered, right? I mean, like they yeah. are, they are helping you do the work of the ministry, you know, because, because that's the option you have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's I think cool. when, when they, when they realize, you know, that, my my ultimate goal is to see this community saved and when you have people that are actually get behind you when they grab a hold of that vision uh that's something that's helped me out so much is continually casting that vision out uh, to the church to let them know hey guys we're we're here to do something you know I, i'm not i don't i don't just want to keep walking around the same old mountain i'm ready to get to the promised land and that promised land for us to see our community saved to see our family saved and there are there's people in the church that's not going to grab a hold of the vision but there are people that will. They're willing to do mm-hmm. everything they can to get behind you and to make sure that 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 vision is is coming forth. So yeah. that you know, there there are people in the church that'll help. Just you gotta find them. <laughs> you gotta pray. Sometimes yeah. you gotta pray. Yeah, God send fair. them here. God send them here. They're <laughs> yeah. not here yet, but God will. He knows your heart, he knows what you need to help you in the ministry. Yeah. I love and I think on this podcast before we've even echoed uh, some thoughts of different authors about prayer because because I think, again, it's overlooked. It's like, well, prayer is something I do before I go to work. But really, yeah. like, prayer is work. Like, that. that yeah. is the goal, you know? And so, yeah. man, those two together, that's just such cool advice and, and, and such a great perspective to hold. Well, hey, let's get to the fun part. Because obviously, yeah, there's challenges. There's hard days. But there has got to be in your own life these unique blessings that you feel like have come out of. And maybe we've touched on them a little. But let's really hit them on the head here of, of what is it that is such a blessing about being bivocational? Because again, we kind of want to recreate the narrative. Like a lot of people look at bivocational and they say, well, I'll do bivocational if I have to, but I'd really like to get to this. And I'd really, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of looked at, you know, frowned upon. And so instead it's like, well, how do we respin that? How do we kind of frame this in terms of the blessings it creates for you, for your church? So why don't you elaborate on that? Yeah. Well, uh, definitely one of the biggest things about being a rural pastor, obviously, you know, you, you, probably pastor a small church, uh, income, you know, don't, don't really come in. So being bivocational definitely helps in that aspect. It's a blessing to kind of take that load off you of worrying about, you know, how you know going to pay the bills and everything. So that that's definitely a biggie. But in our church, seeing how our church has grown by just me being bivocational, uh, stepping outside our four walls, because we preach it all the time. Uh, you know, we, we need to step outside these four walls and to show people Jesus. And and that's how we need our church to grow. But so many times we we, we don't really take that step. Uh, and I know that's why God put me where I am uh, in the school and everything. And that, that's me just reaching outside uh, our four four walls and to show people Jesus. Um, but it, it's it's helped out, like I said, with, with our with our youth. 
you know, we we average somewhere between 60 to 70 people in our church now. Uh, we've got plans to actually we're working on right now to build a new church because we're outgrowing our building. It's almost wow. a hundred year old. It's almost a hundred year old building. Well, that's so but, huge. I mean, because you said if I, you know, just to jog all our memories, you said maybe about 12 to 15 people when you started. Yes. Yeah. Now you're pushing 60 to 70 growing. Yeah. And, and honestly, yeah. like, man, getting outside the four walls, like huge. That's so cool. It's just such a living, yeah. you know, testimony. Continue on. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just be, like I said, being in the school, uh, reaching, being able to reach the kids. Uh, one of the biggest things, and, and I know, you know, there's, there's going to be people that have to go in other jobs that can't be in the school and everything. But, sure, sure. but one of the, one of the biggest blessings to me is this generation today, there's so many kids that don't live at home with the mom and dad. Uh, yeah. they live at home with grandparents. Uh, and, I have been such a, I know I've been such a father figure to some of these kids. Uh, there's been times where kids have lingered around in the classroom after the bells rang. Uh, and I could tell that they just want to talk. Uh, maybe something happened, maybe something went on at home or something, and they just don't want to tell anybody, but they trust me enough to know that I'm a pastor. Uh, so that that's a door that God's opened up. Uh, but th- there's many more things that, that you know, I could go on to say on, on how our church has grown uh, because of me doing what I'm doing. Uh, but it's all glory to God. Uh, he oh, put me course, in this, yeah. he, he put he put me in this place. Uh, you know, the first couple years, uh, my kids wasn't actually old enough to, to go to school. So I was having I was a stay at home dad almost 24 oh, seven wow. and being a full time pastor. That was that was rough. Uh, but as soon as they got in school, I, I knew I needed I needed to step in and, and try to do my part. And, and in the in a community, usually the school is the biggest thing in, in a rural pa- Right. In a rural community. That's what you got. It's Friday usually, Night Lights. It's the local yeah. teams. It's all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what it usually is. And it, it's all about the school. Uh, and and as a church, you know, that that's that's a door that, you know, you you can definitely get into. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, uh, just as a final thought here, uh, you know, maybe someone's tuning in and maybe they're on the edge of being bivocational. Maybe they've been bivocational. It's been a struggle. And so what kind of encouragement would you offer? Maybe someone's hesitant about opening that door. They're saying, I, I'd love to you know, maybe they're on the, the verge of saying, well, I'd move to that town, but I'd have to be bivocational. And that seems, you know, or maybe they're in their town realizing they're going to have to go bivocational and maybe they're kind of on that fence. How do you encourage them? I think definitely just knowing that God's not going to put too much on you that you can't handle. You know, it, 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 at times it seems like there is too much, but again, that's when we get into prayer and just realize that if God's put you in it, he's going to get you through it. I believe, you know, when, when God opens a door, he don't just throw stuff on you and, and just say, Hey, go try to make it. He puts you there in that place. And, and, and as long as you just keep trusting in him, uh, you're going to succeed and, and you're going to, you're going to see blessings. You're going to see your church grow again. Listen, you're talking to somebody that we, we went on for about two to three years, you know, just within the past couple of years is, is the, the growth that we've seen. Uh, but you know, we went on for so long with, with just, uh, just a handful of people, you know, the church long ago had plans to build a new church. They, they went through, uh, our church went through, my our, our presbyter says they went through 11 pastors in 12 years. Uh, Ooh, so I was, also, I was also fighting that too. Uh, so, you know, me almost being here for five years, it's, it's, a, it's a record here lately. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I, I broke, broke the record here for a while. But just keep going. Uh, there's many times, and, and I, I fight it every now and then, you know, you get that like, God, is there something else? Is there something else out there? Uh, because, you know, you you are doing a lot, but God always shows me that I've put you there for a reason and mm. just stay strong, keep the faith and you're going to make it. 
He's, he's shared that with me and my wife so many times. Uh, the first couple of years, we, we, I don't know how many times we would, you know, go through something and be like, is this really where we need to be? Uh, right. You know, we, we was looking at other places, but God continually kept us here in our little town. And because of it, I'm telling you, you've, we have fallen in love with this community. I fall in love with them kids at school. And now I, I really can't see myself anywhere else. That, that's how much I've fallen in love here. I love watching my kids grow up and, and the kids that they grow up with. And, and uh, that, that's one of the biggest things is just to keep going. Don't give up. Don't, don't look at, you know, the, the being bivocational as, as a bad thing. Uh, there's so many blessings in, in it. And, and God will take care of you. God will always take care of you. That's awesome. And I, I agree with your sentiment because, uh, again, you know, I, I, something that I hope our listeners pick up on is I've heard so many rural pastors, probably even myself included, but you talk about those first couple of years and I, I, and this is probably true of ministry in general, but especially small towns, they can just be hard to break into, uh, hard to get used to. But I've heard a lot of people say like, yeah, those first couple of years, yeah. But like God's blessing is there. God's blessing is in it. You just got to wait it out. And like, I, so I hope, man, maybe someone is on year two. They're 18 months in going, I'm going to quit. And it's like, well, yeah. what if you didn't? What if you stuck it out? What if God's blessing was there? And so, well, hey, man, I just want to say one more time. I want to say thank you for being on the podcast yeah. today. We really appreciate it. Sorry. I Yeah. Awesome. I, I loved it. Hey, and one, one more thing I forgot. There was, yeah, there was yeah, yeah, absolutely. That I- there was something a pastor had said a long time, I'll say a long time ago, a few years ago at a thing. And it, and it hit me. So he said, don't look at the church you're at as a stepping stone for something else, mm-hmm. you know, flourish where you're planted. And, and, and that right there, I'm telling you when he said that, because at that time when he said, it, you know, I, I think I had, you know, thoughts of maybe there's something bigger. You know, it's hard. Yeah, to there, there, there's another church. But when he said, you know, don't, don't look at the church you're at as just a stepping stone as something mm-hmm. else. Actually use what you got and, and watch God work in it. And I'm telling you, it, that, that right there, it's, it's just took off. And, and we love to see what God's doing. But yeah, I, I appreciate you, 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 you getting me on here. And, and I love it. This is my, actually my first podcast to do. Awesome. <laughs> so I, I, I loved it. I was, I was pretty nervous about it at first, but, but I've, I've enjoyed every, every second of it. Well, good. I'm really glad, man. Well, hey, thank you again, Tyler. And uh, to all our listeners, we're excited to continue this conversation. Uh, I believe next week we're actually going to kind of shift gears a little and and highlight a rural resource. Uh, But after that, we're going to hear from some more bivocational voices. So stick with us in this series. And remember, uh, if you're in a small place doing the Lord's work, God not only sees you, but he values immensely what you're doing. And we're going to continue to work every week to uh, continue to bring you voices that not just speak to your context, but get it. They are from where you're at. They understand what rural living is. And uh, we're excited. So we will see you next week. 